This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. With Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. 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 Mr. Fight. On WEI.com. 25-6. Patriots beat the Jets. Get their first win of the year. Mac Jones' first NFL win. Uh, all that on the surface seems like it's a, you know, a big win. Great. All that. But I think we can all agree it was an unimpressive win. I think it helped they were playing the Jets. But I don't want to be all negative because it is, you know, the NFL. It's hard to win on the road. It's hard to win games. So give the Patriots credit. They, they went on the road and got the job done. Um, but we'll, we'll get into nitpicks later. But too much, too much for me. Talk. So I would say the Jets lost the game. And I know Patriots fans will get all pissy. The Fitzies, Jerry Thorntons of the world. To me, that's how Bill plans it. He plans for the other team to lose the game. He's big on before you. Mike Lombardi talks about it all the time. He learned from Bill and this whole idea. Before you can win, you have to not lose. And Zach Wilson lost them the game. It's okay. It happens. Like they're, They don't take the win away from you. You're not actually one and one or something because the other team sucked and lost. But the reality was, until you kicked a late field goal, the difference in the game was the points off the four interceptions. Zach Wilson threw you interceptions on his first two passes of the day um which by the way joe burrow threw interceptions on three consecutive passes at one point for the Bengals. like this is the world of the nfl with young quarterbacks Uh, like this is no epiphany that we should be making a big like this is i would say though maybe you're starting to find out your guy doesn't do that in mac jones and i don't i also don't know why people get so defensive of well they gotta they gotta get the ball down the field i agree with that Um, But wasn't the plan coming into the season to run the ball, play defense, play special teams, play tight games, make a couple key plays when you needed to? Like, wasn't that the whole plan? Yeah, that's been kind of my – like, I was thinking this during the game. Like, what what do you want? Like, and also, look at your offensive line. Do you think uh, Yashir Durant and Justin Heron can block to hold, you know, time for Mac Jones back in the pocket to find guys downfield? And then we've been saying since the offseason – who are those guys to make plays downfield? Maybe Nelson Aguilar, but like you're not, your wide receiver core isn't great. So you're playing to your strengths. Like this is sort of how things are supposed to go. Why would you feed a weakness? Let's be honest. You probably should be two and oh. Yes. Right. You should probably be two and oh, sitting not in a tie, but atop the AFC East. I know you're tied for first place right now, three way tie, one and one mm-hmm. uh, with the Dolphins and the Bills, but. You take that fumble away, there's a good chance you win that game. And the plan is perfect, right? Like the plan is perfect. You're playing to your your strengths. You're covering your weaknesses. I don't know why people are hot and bothered over some of these details. I don't know if it's still mental comparisons to Tom Brady and what it used to be and what it used to look like. Well, 
Screw all that. Get that out of your mind. Really, though, with with the Patriots, how many shots downfield did Brady take? Um, it, it, I mean, it wasn't to the extent that it's been, but it's, it was a lot of like slant to Edelman, out to yeah. Edelman. Like it was, it's kind of the same thing. It's not like Brady. The Brady in Tampa is not what it was in New England. No, 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 no. I mean, and it was at various times. Like obviously, there was the outlier Moss year. Yeah. There was sure. some of the early Gronk years down the seam where you could pick up chunk plays and things of that nature but you're right they've never been a real down the field team and Tom Brady was always criticized one of the weaknesses or the one real weakness in his game was his deep ball he wasn't great at it um but I will also say this is this is not good right now the passing game the the John U. Smith thing that I thought was going to be a breakout year I don't know how much the hip injury limited him today didn't limit him I'm a he, he's not going to be I don't think what I although I will say they had a chance on the throw Mac missed him on. It was close. It tipped off his hands. That was that crosser we've seen in camp that can lead to run after catch big plays. Um, but to me, maybe like the little bit of a poster child for what they are or aren't right now. They run the um, double pass white back to Mac Jones and only end up with like a 16 yard well, gain. That's what I tweeted. It was 19 yards. I said that like a trickery, but it only picks up 19 yards and people were like criticizing me for it, but it's like, when you call those plays, they're designed to get you like 20 or 30 yards, not and, 19. And re- well, to be fair, 19 is very close to 20, <laughs> um, right? I'm saying they're they're designed to be like touchdowns because to me, anytime I have a running back turn and throw backwards, we have the chance for this to go horribly wrong. This could be a touchdown for the other team. So if I'm drawing it up, it has to at least be the potential for a touchdown for me or it's not worth it. it it's not mm-hmm. the risk reward, right? You have a running back, a guy who doesn't throw that often, throwing it backwards on a football field. Yeah, That could be awful, um, but it works. They completed it. It's fine. And I thought it was interesting that Mac, I don't, it's not surprising that he puts it on him, but he did say he, it's on him. He needs to do a better job getting the ball down the field, pushing the ball down the field. I didn't watch the all 22 can anybody watch the All-22 anymore? It doesn't even exist. Not yet. Yeah. I thought they said this week, week two would be ready. We'll see. No, a lot of people all worked up over that. Um, but I also don't think they have great weapons. I Part of my not only disappointment for John o. Smith in terms of like he's going to catch 80 balls or he's going to catch – if he's not the playmaker, I don't know who the playmaker is. Who is? Yeah. Who is the playmaker on this offense? James White. After today, I'm going to have to say James White, Damian Harris, I guess those are your playmakers. And that leads you back to where we were last year. You're playing with guys two spots ahead of where they should be slotted at. Like Jacoby Myers, he's your probably number one wide receiver, but he's not. He's a two or a three. Nelson Aguilar, he's not. He's probably what? The two on this roster, he's a three. James White should be a nice guy to have, not who you're basing your offense around. Like I think it was the second quarter. They had like 122 yards total, and he had like 60%. Right. Um, this is a stupid thing, but I'll tell you what fixes it, because I watched it pregame when my son was playing Madden. He's playing a season. He traded for Terry McLaurin. Makes all the difference, because it's like the same offense. And he did his whole season, and Terry McLaurin had like 1,600 yards receiving, and then all the others were realistic. It was like, um, I think – uh, Jacoby Myers had like 700 yards receiving on 55. It was, it was like, yeah, that's really what it would look like if you put a true 
number one or elite receiver atop the depth chart, but they don't have that. And I know people are starting to um, circle a little bit like sharks around Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, John U. Smith. Like how much money did we spend on these guys to not really have a passing attack? So it's going to be interesting. Um, the line. Talk- Do you want to get into the line? Uh, well, the line, I mean, could we have nailed it anymore? You got two tackles that are good when they're out there. When they're not out there, you don't have a backup. You could be in trouble. Oh, son of a bitch. One of the tackles who's missed time in the last two years to a calf injury is missing time to a calf injury. And you're rotating Justin Haran and, as Michael Felger would say, something called Yasir Durant at right tackle. You know, last week it was Haran, but he stinks, so Durant goes in. This week it's Durant, but he stinks, so Haran goes in. I mean, where's Johnny could just give him a shot. Then he looked well at the end of the preseason. He's active. I don't, I don't really understand why they can't give him a shot. Okay. I don't understand a few things. So there's that. I don't know what he's, I I don't know what the issue is there. Why can't he play? If he's going to be active. Well, just give him a shot. Like I'm not saying he needs to start, but if the other two guys suck, just give this guy a chance. Moran got his chance. Right. Um, Durant got his. Why doesn't could just could you could you stay however the hell you say it get his because um, I've erased the crappy spring. Remember when I thought he was done because McDaniel's was chewing his ass out like you wouldn't believe. Player on the team thought the same thing. They put him on the roster. He made the team right. So he's he's back. Um, but then the other issue is, and I I know Reese kind of touched on this in his Sunday notes column. You have a guy who was really good at right tackle last year. And Reese's reason for not moving Michael on when you from guard to tackle is that they see a greater upside and leaving him at guard. That's fine. But the downside right now is Mac Jones getting killed, having to dive on strip sacks, the right tackle after he missed the block. Well, good news. I can dive on the ball. Um, long-term is fine, but shouldn't, don't you need to take a short-term approach? I totally agree. Just think about the big picture. What is the best offensive line? It doesn't have Michael when at right tackle and Ted Karras in the middle. Yes. Like yes. it's just, it basically comes down to Ted Karras is better than Justin Haran and, and just your Durant. Like, and he's, he's played, he's proven it. Yeah. He started for the Patriots. Then he started for the dolphins. He's got two years. I know that was at center, but two years of starting experience on the interior offensive line. You brought him back. We watched throughout the spring when he was the first sub in everything tackles would stay and he would just rotate through the interior. This hesitancy or, refusal to put Michael on when is borderline. I don't know if it's arrogance or stupidity or My only thing is maybe they think the Brown thing is just a one week thing. Okay. But if you lost today because the right tackle sucked, that's one week that mattered. Right. I think that they probably looked at their opponent and realized that they didn't need to like really get tricky. It showed that Brown was back at practice on Friday. So he's close. I'd like to do <clears throat> Correct me if I'm wrong here. What's in the best interest of the football team? Sure, sure. We put the players out there that we think are best or whatever. Like one of these cliche slogans that Bill throws at us all the time. I think one of them would lead to putting Michael on when you at right tackle because you put your best offensive line, your best mm-hmm. guys out there. Now it didn't cost them because the Jets gave you the game. That's fine. I just, and what are you going to do? Like, is it going to stun you if Trent Brown comes back and then leaves again at some point? Oops, I mean, well. He's a 400-pound man on a, a calf that's been bad for multiple years. Like, I don't know. Seems like it's a, a house of cards you're building on that offensive line. And I, I just – also, Michael Onwenu seems like a, a smart, talented, versatile guy. Yep. 
why if I put him at right tackle for a week, does that mean he can't go back to guard and be good next week? I He did it last year as a rookie. Like, look at all the times he had to switch early in the year. Like, I, it's confusing. It hasn't bit them in the ass yet, but it's something to watch. Uh, the defense, I don't know how to feel about them. Like, Wait a minute, timeout. Sure. And going back to um, what you said, like, you knew it's the Jets and, like, yeah. you're probably going to – well, um, when the strip sack of Mac Jones happened – if he doesn't get up, is it still, oh, it's just the Jets when Brian Hoyer's jogging on to play quarterback? Like, every play matters. Right. That's the future of your – I just almost swore. Freaking franchise right there, Mac Jones. Every play matters. So, to not put the best five in front of him, I think – Bill Belichick once called it irresponsible that the Colts didn't have a good backup quarterback plan behind Peyton Manning. I think it's irresponsible to put Mac Jones out there, not behind your best five offensive linemen who are available. For the record, <laughs> I, I'm with you, and I understand. I'm just speaking for how the team looked at it. Okay, uh, I don't the, like the way they look at it. The the defense, uh, what do you make of it? Like, sure, you only limit them to six points, but again, it's the freaking Jets. Isn't it kind of the same thing as last week? Shouldn't they have made more plays? Like, it just, I, I don't. I think I just had one of those uh, Tom Brady Gronk T-Mobile commercials. I think you broke up for a half a second, and it made you sound like TV Azteca. The defense, what you make of it? <laughs> um, what I make of it is the secondary has guys that can cover and get after the football a little bit. No one's taking advantage of what I think are still some holes, although there is a Tom Brady Bucks offense on the horizon. Um, the run defense is, and we talked about this last week, the numbers were good. But the gotta-have-it plays, inability to stop the run in, like, important spots were bad. And then today, they just flat out, what, they give up 152, whatever. 152 yards rushing. North of 150 yards rushing on 31 attempts. Early on, they gashed them. Mm-hmm. I think it was the first run of the game, right? It was a little gash run. And then turnover, and then turnovers ensued, and whatever. The game got out. But this this unit of uh, – and Barmore um, – I watched him celebrate a tackle about seven yards downfield, get up and like dance. Uh, son, that's what we call an efficient run in the National Football League. If I want my defensive lineman dancing, it's in the backfield or at the line of scrimmage, not seven yards downfield. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. But they, their front right now is not great. I don't, I mean, I could go down the list of um, Judon, uh, Lawrence Guy, uh, Dante Hightower. Jawan Bentley, there's a lot of guys that I don't, I haven't been overly impressed with. Um, Jawan Bentley doesn't, remember we were talking about how he looked more athletic and slimmer and making plays. I don't know. I think the old Jawan Bentley's back. I see him grabbing an ankle at seven yards downfield after a run, like that kind of thing. He had a couple of nice plays today, I thought, getting into the back. Oh, he shot the gap on that one play. Yeah. He did shoot the gap on that one play, but uh, they're just consistent. Like there were times where you looked at it and you're like, oh, okay, gang tackle. And then you looked at the yard markers and you said, oh. Eight yards downfield. Or even just like, maybe not quite that, but like four or five. And you're like, that's an efficient run. They feel, the offense feels good about themselves if they get four or five yards and now it's second and five or second and six. They feel like we're working here. We're doing what we want to do to stay ahead of the chains. So I don't know. I, they they got some work to be done because the, that's a Jets offense the, that ran for 45 yards in Carolina. The um, Uche and Winovich, they're not even being used. You have a guy, Tushon Bauer, gets elevated from the practice squad on Saturday and plays more than two of your better out, outside edge rushers. 
Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I've never really understood the fascination with Tayshawn Bauer to steal the line from, uh, who's that, Shaughnessy or whatever, Bob well, Ryan. Whoever clearly, clearly Belichick and the team loves him. Do you remember when he came to a podium in the preseason? And, sure I was, do. and everyone looked at you like, who is this? Who the F is this guy? And why is he at a podium? Uh, yeah, I don't understand that. And again, I'm, I guess I'm too positive. People like to say I'm negative. I'm in love with Josh Uche. I want to see him play more, not less. I want to work out the kinks early in the year so that maybe late in the year, he's like a stud defender. For I him. just look at it like, what is Tashawn Bauer's ceiling? What is he going to get you? Whereas Josh Uche, it's like he could be an impact player in this league. I just don't you want to have more of those guys in the field. Uh, yes. And I don't, I won't pretend to understand it. I have a little bit more of an understanding for Winovich. Winovich. I think they've labeled him a pass rusher. They don't think they think he's a detriment to the run defense. Can't play. Like if you're already having struggles, you don't want him on the field, but the, the guys on the inside, like I, has anybody been good? Like, mm. No, I haven't seen a lot of plays through two weeks where I would say any of those guys on the interior, I was like, wow, that was who he bench plus the guard shed him made it like, nope, I haven't really oh, seen more not. They're getting pushed back two or three yards downfield. Yes. And the Dolphins again, the Dolphins numbers weren't good because I get into fights with people all the time. Oh, Mac Jones numbers. Oh, this number. Watch the games. I don't mean to be the douchey Peter Gammons, but watch the games, please. And like when the Dolphins went wildcat or at the end of the game just needed two yards or a QB sneak with Jacoby, they got what they needed. And today the Jets, who aren't a great running team, I'm not oh. even sure I know who their running backs are necessarily. Um, I mean, the Carter kid looked good. Yeah, he's, the, I think he's a big good player. He's a good pick. See, I thought he was the lesser of the two Carolina kids. I think, but he, he, I think he was, but. Well, I, I, I know, but now he looks like he's decent. Um, I, I want to ask about the uh, cornerback situation. Like, are they uh, – tinkering a little bit with jc jackson well certainly what you're alluding to is the second half started jc jackson did not he was on the sideline they brought out joan williams who i would argue joan williams made the best play of his career on, on the, the ball to up. elijah moore down where he just he was running with him turned batted it it reminded me a little bit not as dramatic of stefan gilmore against the jags in the afc title game the same thing like he just looked like a comfortable and that's a bad matchup. That's a, like a smaller, faster, quicker yep. receiver. Yep. Um, so that was a good play, but yes, I don't. And that's after JC Jackson had two interceptions in the first half, three interceptions through the first six quarters. Uh, he's your number one corner. He needs to get paid. He's a cocky MFer. Um, there's a lot going on there. And do you notice he wasn't cocky post game? Did you notice that was reserved? I, you know, it's a credit to the guys up front and my coaches. There was, there was also a lot of, smiles and pauses like hmm, I know what I'm thinking but what should I actually say I think this is I want to be clear this is a jerk reaction and here's an alarm woo, 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 for this is just total speculation something happened at halftime something went down some butting of heads or some that's some why line, you need to effing pay me yeah some line like, or some cocky move yeah Something in my mind, again, this is my soap opera mind, my Twitter-based mind. Well, no, you're right, because I was thinking something happened, but was thinking more of, like, leading up to the game. But no, I think it was halftime. You started then. Right. No, I think it was halftime. Like, bleep you. That's why you need me. I'm no bleeping at number one corner. Go bleep yourself. Like, something happened in the – and I don't know to who. Could be Bill. Could be Steve. Could be Jamal. Mike Pellegrino. Yeah. Could be yeah. – 
another player. Maybe he's getting too big for his britches and was, you know, the cock of the walk in the locker room at halftime because he had two – whatever it is, I feel like something happened because that was weird. And then and he, he said – He asked afterwards if he got an exclamation from the coaches, and you said no. He said no, and then he said, I can't answer that. Yeah. And then – And that yeah. was it. That, oh yeah, Stephanie, the new PR girl, was quick. Just like, all right, guys, that's it. Gotta go. Um, that's interesting. It certainly bears watching because his value is going up. Even Asante Samuel tweeted, "Pay the man." Basically, oh, did he? I missed that one. He but, tweeted like, uh, "His con- uh, give him his extension now or something." I was like, "He's not getting an extension." I think that'll be Bill will get asked about it tomorrow, and I'll probably give him nothing answer. But who knows? Maybe sometimes with these things, you can read between the lines how he answers the question whether something actually might have happened. Oh, he is going to uh, – a lot of guys played in the game at various points yesterday. I don't know if you looked at the – I can get you the playtime percentage. Thanks. Can you give that to the snap counts? Yeah, he, he, he won't answer any of that. But it's um, curious at best, and I would say definitely worth uh, digging into. I'll be interested to see if anything comes out. Um, Damian Harris, I guess a good bounce back game. Like I don't – I didn't really – I wasn't concerned about it the last week – negatively impact him but I guess for people that were I guess today was a good sign that he didn't let it you know hinder him so no he didn't I thought he did a really nice job had I mean not a huge game 60 yards the 26 yard touchdown was a a beast mode Marshawn Lynch type run where he ran through arm tackles moved the pile the whole thing now I did think it was interesting I think it was James White who brought this up but that when the other teams think you're a fumbler and they're going for the ball, it does present opportunities to break arm tackles, to run through arms. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it was James White. Somebody alluded to that fact. And that's interesting because he is definitely a physical runner, a hard runner. And if other teams are a little bit kind of reaching for the ball instead of trying to really body him up, maybe that can benefit him for a week or two as teams look at the fumble and maybe change their approach uh, on him. But I don't really have fears of Damian Harris to me is a good, not great NFL running back. Like he'll finish runs. If there's a hole there, he's going to get you a little something. He'll break an arm tackle. I think he's capable of very much being in a 17 game season. I think he can easily be, you know, a 1200 yard type runner. I don't, he's got to stay healthy. I know there was a lot of talk this week. Um, Did he get gassed at the end of last week's game? I know Tom Curran was big on that. Like, because Ramondre Stevenson got benched, Damian Harris was tired, and that's why he fumbled. It was sort of a yeah. I think it was Felger brought up that he got pulled, he took himself out of the game, the play two plays before that, and then the coaching staff put him back in when he was clearly gassed. Well, first of all, running backs take breaks all the time in the NFL. Yeah, that's... any game you watch, lead backs after they'll tap out. Derrick Henry's tapping his head all the time. Yes, um, so that's idiotic. Uh, now, we should mention Ramondre Stevenson was inactive because he fumbled and got run over in pass protection twice. Are you surprised in by that? No. I, that I, was the most I, obvious thing of all time. Curran was. Curran thought he should play. He calls, like, benching him like a high school crap or something. J.J. Taylor's on the roster. They were neck and neck for the, the, the roster spot anyway. When one person fumbles, you can bring the next guy up. Like, that's common. Right. right. Um, and I, I just – if Damian Harris wants to be what he seems like he wants to be, and that's a true lead back – you've got to be able to run the ball 20 plus times a game and keep doing it and not fumble at the end of the game because, Oh, I'm tired. You made me carry the ball 20. No, you should want to carry the ball 20 times. That's like, should be your goal. And I think they need you. 
uh, to some degree to be able to do that. So no, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised. I was probably more surprised, quite frankly, he had a couple nice runs from James White and we all know that's not his, I'm not surprised he had the, the screen pass for 20 plus yards or whatever that was. That was as classic a James White play as you'll see, but the consecutive seven yard runs, the last, the second one for a touchdown, that was a little bit like, huh, James White running the ball pretty well today. Uh, anything else you want to get off your chest about the game? Um, trying to think. Um, sneaky thing that I put in my thumbs down, um, which I may, in hindsight, there may be a reason behind it. Uh, the kickoff team was not great today. One out of bounds, but then Nick Folk brought up it was affecting Bailey's kickoffs. I didn't totally understand the way Nick Folk was describing the wind and, you know, two different ends. I think and going he was saying the that the, the wind was coming. So from where the Patriots were kicking off in the first half, the wind was stronger from yeah. that end. Yeah, I, but I think that led to that. But quite frankly, it doesn't matter. If oh. you if you give an opponent the ball on the 40 because you kick it out of bounds, and then the very next kickoff, they return it 38 yards and they got it at the 38, two drives starting at essentially the 40-yard line, that's that's bad. That if you do that against Tom Brady, yep. yeah, there's a good chance you just gave up at least ten points because right. you jump started a drive. Well, so it's kind of like the game in general. You can get away with it against the Jets, but if you're playing Tampa Bay, it's lights out. Correct, correct. And then Nick Folk, um, everybody who I mean, he hits a 49 yard field goal. He hits a 46 yard field goal. He like it's starting to almost. Um, annoy me the way people annoying. don't respect him like he's been the he's i put it in my thing he's been the most consistent patriots player the last two years yes and and people like but there's always these snide remarks oh well at least you'll be able to kick anything inside a 40 or whatever no no you can kick anything anywhere when you need him to he hits the damn field goal he's done it 33 straight times now more than anyone in the history of the franchise yep. so get off your high horse of Oh, I wish Norton was out there so we could kick long field goals. No, he kicks whatever you damn well need him to kick, and he's damn good at it. All right, so in, in wrapping, it was a, a good good to get the win, but there was plenty of nitpick, and it's always good to nitpick after wins rather than losses. So let's end this on a positive note. It's good to win. You're one and one You're atop the AFC East, but they have a lot of things to work on, which is kind of what Bill Belichick wants. Right. Like last week, Nelson Aguilar said you can – you can learn beautiful things in a loss. Yep. Well, you can learn even more beautiful things in a win. And I think they have a lot to learn. I'm with James White and actually Bill. What did he say? You know, we need to run better, block better, get open more, throw better. Like he listed the whole offense. Basically, if you do it on offense, Bill said we need to do it better. And I kind of agree with him. But they're one and one. They're in first place. And like we talked about, you're a, a fumble away from being 2-0. and oh. So if you're a Patriots fan – which is so funny because I'm going to out um, one of our uh, podcast guests, Mike Giardi. I won't say specifically what he texted during the game, but I believe he predicted 11 wins for this team, correct? He did. He has adjusted that in the uh, downward direction for a team that easily could be 2-0 right now. Easily could be 2-0. You can add me to that boat too. So you guys are all coming to Andy land where we were well aware that this was a nine and eight type team to start the year. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. Stay as long as you want. I am the president, but you will eat well in my land. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back with a full podcast previewing saints game week three, uh, later this week. Have a, have a good one. And, uh, yeah. Peace out.